Hello and welcome to the Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host, Patrice, and on this podcast, we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and get more out of life. Welcome back to the Wisping Show. I'm so excited for today's episode because I've been teasing this on Instagram a couple of times that I wanted to do an episode with the virtual assistant that I've been working with for two months and she is actually here today. So we are going to answer all of your questions that you submitted about how I hired her, what it's like working together. Um, I, sub- I put an ask box on my Instagram story. So some of the questions that you guys sent in were, Was I looking for a VA or did she approach me for a job? Um, Someone else just said, she is so cool, I'm excited. Um, How did I feel about hiring help? What platform do we use to delegate work? What do you help me with, etc. So first of all, I wanna give Maya a chance to introduce herself. We are going to be talking together for the entirety of this episode. So it's important that you know who she is. (laughs) Okay, I'm excited, I'm nervous. Um, I'm Maya. Uh, I'm 18 years old. I just graduated high school. I'm taking a gap year. This is actually my first Monday gap year day. And I also have a YouTube channel. So I feel like that's where I got a lot of, a lot of the experience on video editing and just managing social media. Oh, and I do mm-hmm. uh, freelance in these areas. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> nice. So I wanted to start off with why I hired a virtual assistant in the first place. Um, so I guess over the course of the past year, uh, if you saw my video about the growth of my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel really started to grow in March of 2020. And from there on out, I was really able to call it my job. And I started to think about it more like a business and it really became a full-time job. I think there, like there have been people in my life, like, I don't know, neighbors or friends' parents, for example, who don't really understand what I'm doing. So they're just like, <laughs> so you just you just make videos. Um, but it really became a full-time job where I was spending like 40 hours on it a week. So I realized that once I started college, it would not really be feasible for me to balance full-time school and full-time doing YouTube stuff. And I needed to outsource some of the tasks to save some time. And I also knew that I was just limiting my own growth by wanting to do everything myself because I generally am like a little stubbornly independent and I want to have control over everything but looking at other YouTubers that I admire and how they have grown they always you know start to hire and outsource and have other people help with things because that's the only way for your business to grow so I think the the first time that I put any um any sort of ask out there was I posted on my Instagram stories, I think at the very beginning of 2021. And at the time, it was not like a formal job posting or anything. I made a list of things that I wanted a virtual assistant to do. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to be looking for a virtual assistant soon. So if you're interested in doing these things, just email me or something and we'll figure it out later. There I popped. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I didn't really know what I was doing, but luckily Maya appeared. So I got like 40 emails from that. I was pretty surprised that that many people were interested, but that was very encouraging. Um, So I was going through my Gmail, like trying to respond to everyone and be like, okay, thank you for sending your resume. Like I'll save your email and be in contact with you. 
And then I was looking through these emails, and one person sent a whole <laughs> video. I don't know. It was like 10 minutes, I think. So Who was that? <laughs> you might have guessed by now that this person was Maya. So I opened up the video, and this whole video is like... She, she made this in a day, literally, and she talked about who she was, um, how long she's been watching my channel, what her skills are, what, why she wants to work with me, etc. I was so impressed with this and so excited. Uh, I literally showed that video to my parents and they were excited as well. So then I think, and this is where you need to start telling the story as well, in case I remember something incorrectly, but I think we had a call soon after that and then we had another call a few months later. Yeah. It? Oh my God. I can't remember as well, but I think, <laughs> yeah, you responded to my email and then I think we booked a call for like maybe that week or the month after, I don't remember. And then, um, I suggested to you that we would have the trial week where you would see like, if you like my work, if you, we would work together well and everything. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, you asked me when I was available and I was finishing high school in June. So you asked if May would be nice. And I said, yes. And yeah, the next call we had was probably before the trial week in May. Yeah, pretty simple, honestly. So a couple of the reasons, like besides the fact that Maya made that video and she had been watching my channel for a really long time. Um, okay, so first of all, the video was impressive. Second, the <laughs> fact that you had followed the Bliss Bean for a long time was really important to me. I didn't want to post on... I don't know what are the job sites like indeed or anything mm -hmm. like that because even though i'm sure i could have found someone that was very talented and could have helped me well i kind of wanted to work with someone who was already familiar with the brand and so they would know what the bliss beam was about what the overall style was the tone of voice etc um and so you already had that and that was ideal for me and that was the reason why I posted on Instagram because I knew that people on Instagram probably yeah. had been following me I for a while. I was actually thinking about that today because it's super funny. I barely go, I go to social media but not a lot and I don't follow a lot of people on Instagram and I basically have everyone muted. So <laughs> you were muted <laughs> obviously. And I remember just scrolling through Insta stories, which I usually don't do a lot, and seeing your your Insta story and just passing through it and just got on my mind. And I was like, damn, that would be so cool, but I'm not cool mm. enough to apply to that. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, I was having dinner and I was like, let me just screenshot it. So I screenshot it. Then I started writing an email that night and uh, then I realized, wait, this is something that would be so important to me. I should maybe like do something bigger. I feel like, you know, when you're trying to get something, but you're afraid that you're going to fail. So you don't want to try too hard. Mm -hmm. I think it was like something of that sort. I don't know if the story is interesting. I'm kind of getting off topic now. <laughs> so I was just talking to my boyfriend. He was like, wait, I'm kind of seeing that this is something that would be like very important to you. So don't just write an email, do something else. <laughs> um, anyways, all of this to say that I knew I just put myself on your shoes and I thought if I wanted to hire someone for mm. my YouTube channel, like in my mind, I would obviously want someone that would know the channel, that would know myself because that's very important. This is this is a business, but this is like a personal business and it's just so important to 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 work with people who really know the message you want to put out and that understand it and they're already familiar with all of that. So I just tried to put myself in your shoes and see, you know, 
what would I want someone to have if I were to hire someone? Mm-hmm. For sure. So other reasons that I felt confident about choosing you were that you had your own YouTube channel and I saw that you had the skills because I don't know a lot of times I'm just like very wary of people who say that they have a graphic design degree or something like that and like that that's great <laughs> but it's so important to actually see someone's work and I saw that mm-hmm. you actually knew how to do YouTube and social media stuff so that was important and also the fact that you lived in Portugal which isn't that important but I thought it was cool because um, I was going to Spain soon yeah and you might be going to New York anyway so that might, yeah, even... might be just <laughs> switching places yeah <laughs> but most time I will be in Portugal which is literally like Spain's neighbor yeah for sure so like time zone but just also being near each other um, that would be cool to meet in person we still haven't obviously because it's just been like a few months and I haven't been to Europe yeah. and you haven't been to the United States in the past few months but yeah so the next thing I wanted to talk about was my feelings on outsourcing. So as I mentioned, I can be a little stubborn in wanting to be independent and wanting to have control over all the aspects of the bliss bean sometimes. So that was kind of a big step for me to take, um, trusting someone else to handle stuff. I think people underestimated how ready I was to outsource because a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, this must be so difficult for you to do because the Bliss Bean is your baby. But mm-hmm. honestly, at that point, I did view the Bliss Bean more as a business and I was very excited to work with someone else on it. Yeah, I remember you saying once on your YouTube channel that um, you like the fact that you named the Bliss Bean the Bliss Bean and not your name because that way you could see them as to you know you were not the business you had the business and i found that very interesting because a lot of people just put their names and then it's hard to have a separation you were saying people underestimated it i think i also underestimated it because i was putting (laughs) once again myself in your shoes and i was like oh my god she must be so nervous to just put everything in someone else's hand yeah and i was over here like i am ready (laughs) i think a big part of it was the fact that we just had the or we were still in the middle of the pandemic. And um, when I was in high school, I did a lot of group type activities. I was a board member for a volunteering club and I was part of like the editor team for the newspaper. And those kinds of projects are frustrating sometimes, like working with a team can always get frustrating, but it was really fun ultimately to work with a group of people and have other Mm -hmm. people to bounce ideas off of. And so once I left high school and I was just focusing on the Bliss Bean and everything was completely independent and solitary, I really missed working with a team. And so I think that helped uh, helped to push me towards hiring someone. Um, So once we did start working together, I was so happy that I didn't have to worry about certain things anymore. Like... I think, I think the biggest task that you took over was editing the podcast just in terms of the amount of time invested. Like, I think that would take me about four hours on a weekly basis, and all of a sudden it was like... Oh, really? Sometimes I'm just afraid that I'm taking too long to edit the podcast. That's so <laughs> <No. really thing. laughs> um, I'm also so happy that I'm editing this today. That way, if I say anything awkward, I just I can just cut it out nobody will ever know <laughs> you have ultimate creative control you'll just delete all of your parts and say something yeah, completely just different a, a monologue <laughs> <laughs> cut 
cut me out of the podcast. How dare you? Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, how long it takes to edit the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I have four extra hours in my week. This is amazing. So it felt really good to start handing off some of those things. Um, I remember... I needed to upload a video myself recently because I was behind schedule and I was uploading it literally the day that it was supposed to go live. Um, and so I had to do it myself rather than handing it off to you. And because I hadn't done that for a few weeks, you had been taking mm-hmm. care of all of it. I was like, this is so annoying. I don't want to do this. <laughs> like suddenly it just became the worst thing in the world where I used to do that every single week and it was it was not a problem. It was fun. Now it feels like you click a button and everything is me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, wait, I have to fill out the whole description and write the tags and blah. But I did it. And it made me a lot more appreciative of how helpful it is to outsource stuff. I think the most difficult thing for me to trust other people to do is graphic design because I'm mm-hmm. so picky about that. And we've had a lot of back and forth of like adjusting designs. And mm-hmm. you are very good with like being responsive to feedback and like being okay with that yeah because I feel like I've worked with other people on design projects and I just I've told you this before I hate when I send something in and they just tell me okay it's pretty or I don't like it (laughs) and they don't have like specific things to better and I just love the way you give feedback because you just tell me exactly what's wrong and how I should fix it which is how design should work, because I'm doing something to your taste. So sometimes you're like, oh, sorry for being so picky, but I'm like, I'm happy that you're being picky, because <laughs> I don't want... I, I just hate when people give, like, blank feedback. It's very annoying. I agree. I think it's nice that I, like, have a graphic design background. Like, I used to do all the graphic design, and I understand it, because then I know exactly mm-hmm. what to tell. I know exactly what I want to change. I don't tell mm-hmm. you, like... Oh, I don't like that, but I don't know what I don't like about it. I'm mm-hmm. literally like, make that color lighter, increase the spacing between those letters, make that lowercase, change the font. Yeah, like, that's perfect. <laughs> I don't even have to use my brain. <laughs> exactly. Um, and when you were telling me how you don't like when people give vague feedback, I was thinking of doing senior portrait shoots. That was mm-hmm. so annoying because that's like the exact opposite. The other person usually has zero photography experience. Mm-hmm. And so they... Like, in, in the beginning, before before the photo shoot, I would ask them to send me photos of senior portraits that they like, as an example. Mm-hmm. And, like, first of all, all the photos would be completely different, like, completely different styles. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't see the common thread here, so, okay, I'll just take photos for you, I guess. Um, and then once you send them, some people would just be like, yeah, I don't, I don't like the colors. And <laughs> it's like... I don't like the colors. Okay. <laughs> What exactly about the colors do you not like? Because I, I can't do anything if that's all you tell me. And this is kind of different, but I recently saw an Instagram uh, reel where someone was talking about when you send the final photos to someone. Let me know if you if you can relate to this, but like sometimes you send the photos and the person is like so obviously happy with them and they're like, oh my goodness, these are amazing, I'm crying, I can't, I couldn't have imagined that these would be so good, and other times, they're just like, oh, they look great, thank you so much, and even though both of those messages are positive, with the second one, you just feel like, oh, they hated it, I did a terrible job, (laughs) and it's so so irrational, 
they say the exact same thing, but you're just like, nope. If they're not sending me a 100 testimonial on how they liked it, it's because they're just too shy to tell me they didn't like it and they hated it. <laughs> exactly. Because like if I, if I were in that position, I, I don't think I could ever tell a photographer, for example, that I didn't like the photos. I'd just be like, yeah. okay, thank you. But yeah, that reel was saying like, you have to like understand that people have different communication styles and they probably mm-hmm. like them. Like, Don't make it the end of the world. Okay, so... Now we're going to move on to talking about what tasks exactly Maya works on. So do you want to take the lead on this? I don't know. I can go through like my, my weekly, my weekly calendar. Um, I, no, I would just want to make fun about the TikTok that I sent you today. (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite task is looking at TikToks and finding the most (laughs) surreal parts of the internet. No, I'm just joking, but today um, one of my tasks was to make like a little research on TikTok and I just found the most weird, you can like put it on your Insta stories or something. Anyways, um, so first of all, every day I just go through emails, respond to whatever I can respond or just send them over to Beatrice if it's, if it's a more delicate subject. Um, I've also been responding to some DMs on Instagram. Uh, I edit the podcast, mm-hmm. I upload the podcast as well as the newsletter, I also track the analytics, I help brainstorming content, uh, and I used to do branding stuff and uh, negotiating, not negotiating, but taking care of a little bit of the sponsorships, but now Beatrice is mm-hmm. with an agency, so I don't need to do that anymore. We have someone a lot more knowledgeable helping us with that part. Yeah, so some of these are recurring tasks where... Uh, like uploading a newsletter, editing mm-hmm. a podcast, uploading the video has to happen every week. So that's sort of on a schedule. Sometimes there are one, one-time projects. Today, Maya was looking at TikToks because I'm making a video about the that girl trend on TikTok. I was making a list of the B-roll I needed and I thought I want to include actual examples of the TikToks and then I was like, am I really going to go on TikTok and like spend time doing the screen recording? So I asked Maya to do that. Um, you're working currently on, or like this week, on some designs for some tote bags and some stickers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have this uh, weekly agenda and it's normally filled like half with the regular tasks that I have to do every week. And then just some random errands just appear every week, which is basically probably half of the other time I work. How many hours would you say you spend on working on this per week these days? Probably for the past two months, I would say 15. Mm-hmm. There would be some, some week where it would be a little bit more, like maybe 18. But then, for example, last week, probably did like 10. So it really fluctuates, but maybe 15, I would yeah. say. I think it was also, it took a lot more time in the beginning because we were doing a lot of learning and setup. Like mm-hmm. I remember with setting up Pinterest, there was a lot of work for that. Yeah. But now it's just, um, you design a few just pins. getting in the flow. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. That's something I really recommend if anyone is hearing this and also needs to hire someone to help her with anything. You did the, the knowledge base, like the Bliss Bean Guide. Mm-hmm. And basically it's just this guide on Notion where there's, there's literally how to do anything, like how to upload newsletters, how to edit this, all of the templates. It's, it's literally a dictionary of the bliss bean and that just made it so much easier to know exactly how I should do things without having to text you all the time. 
just having something that I can go to every time when I forget something. Mm -hmm. I think one one thing I also want to point out is that Maya doesn't just help me with like the 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 mundane things like editing a podcast is pretty straightforward. It's just a step by step process. She also helps me with brainstorming. And that is very important to me. I knew when I was looking for a virtual assistant that I also wanted someone to help me with the creative side of things, uh, not just mm-hmm. not just like the editing tasks. Um, so, for example, when I'm doing a video, I will first like just jot down a couple of ideas, and then I send it over to Maya, who uh, does some more research. She looks at what other stuff is on YouTube, articles to read. Um, ideas for the script, for how it's filmed, etc. And then I write the script and then I send it to her again and you add like some ideas for the thumbnail or um, how Mm -hmm. how to promote the video or stuff like that. So that has been really helpful because I feel like always always creating can get exhausting like you just run out of ideas yeah that was something I was very excited to contribute with. You didn't just want someone to help you with um mundane tasks and things that are kind of almost automated but you also wanted like creativity Mm -hmm. and brainstorming and help with that that's super fun and it makes me feel a lot more fulfilled to just have that exchange of ideas i feel like everyone can relate especially with the pandemic we really started to realize how human interaction and just exchanging things with others can provide so much value yeah and you briefly mentioned i just want to talk a little bit about the fact that um we're now working with an agency for brand sponsorships. So initially, when I started working with you, I was pretty opposed to the idea of working with an influencer agency. Um, Basically, for anyone listening who needs a little bit of like a definition, the influencer agency, um, they act as like your manager, and they will handle the communications between you and brands that work on sponsored content with you. Um, and they'll take care of like the negotiations and the contract and stuff like that, uh, pitching you to brands, etc. Whereas up until very recently, I was doing all of that myself and it's a lot of work. I think that's one of those things that people underestimate or I mean, just when they look at YouTubers and they're like, oh, they just make videos. <laughs> There's so much that goes into it behind the scenes. Legal stuff, contracts, and just knowing your value. Because in this industry, it's just so hard to know like what your work is actually worth. And I have worked with another YouTuber in the past, and I was taking care also of the sponsorships and everything. I feel like the influencer branding agencies that's a business that's very um saturated right now i feel like we're always receiving emails from brands and uh, social media agencies that want to work with you i feel like now that you're working with them we can see how much value they can actually provide on on everything because it's a whole different world Mm -hmm. um that we can't be focusing solely on obviously yeah so just to try and give listeners a little bit of an understanding of how the whole process works uh, of of managing sponsorships without an agency. So Mm -hmm. uh, I basically started getting emails from brands when my channel started getting big in March of 2020. So that was a whole new world for me. And I really figure things out by making lots of mistakes and undervaluing myself severely (laughs) many times. But so you get lots of emails from brands. A lot of them are just junk. Some of them are interesting. 
And so then it's a lot of back and forth of figuring out what you're going to create for them. How long is it? Um, what are the terms? Then there's the contract. Sometimes I would send them my own contract if they didn't have one. But like, I'm not a legal professional. So I was just kind of like, fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to some other YouTubers. That was extremely helpful. Every time I talked to another YouTuber, I realized that they were charging more than I was and I was not charging enough. And every time it was just like a wake up call um, mm -hmm. to not undervalue myself. And when you undervalue yourself, you're not only like making it bad for you, but also making it bad for the industry. Because if you yes. think about it, you're, you're putting your value down and uh, all of the other influencers' values down. So it's so important that you know your value if you're doing photography or design or YouTube or anything especially in this field where people don't really share their prices and their rates. Yeah, exactly. So I was just very shocked by how willing brands were to just like screw you over completely. Um, like if, if you are not aware of the price point that you deserve, they will try to go as low as possible. Mm -hmm. And you, you just have to be aware basically. So yeah. I guess my recommendation to a YouTuber who is starting to do sponsorships is just to talk to other YouTubers and like Completely. be honest. I know sometimes people don't want to talk about money because it's sort of a taboo topic, but like it's so important. Yeah. And it's crazy how much brands are willing to go up and how oh, much they yeah. underestimate you. Like it's it's not even double. Sometimes they'll tell you like a certain rate and if you go up like four times that they will accept it. <laughs> they just really want to see how dumb you are oh, no. and take advantage of you. Yeah, not to mention like any names because I'm not allowed to or any specific numbers, but I had a brand offer me um, a certain rate that was very low and my current rate that I was like aiming for was triple that. So I emailed them mm -hmm. back. I said, I'm sorry, like my rate is triple what you said. And they said they couldn't do that. And so I said, okay, then I'm not doing it. And then they came back with double their original offer, which still wasn't yeah. uh, up to par with what I wanted. But like, apparently they had room in their budget to offer me twice what they offered originally. So you, exactly. just, have, you just have to try. So yeah, it was a lot of work to manage the sponsorships. And I didn't want to work with an influencer agency because I just wanted to manage everything myself. In my head, I've always viewed that there are like, sort of two categories of creators. There's the creators who focus more on just the creative creating aspect of it. Um, and so they wanna outsource all the businessy type things so that they can just focus on the, on the art of it basically. And then there's people like me who are more interested in the business side of it. And so they want more control over everything. But really at the end of the day, like this agency reached out and they seemed different to me. I talked to them. And the main benefits to me seemed like, first of all, neither you nor I have to spend any time worrying about brand sponsorships. They'll take care of the legal things because like there was one specific instance where I sort of, I missed something in the contract and that was a little bit of a problem, like not a huge problem, but something that they definitely um, could have uh, foreseen happening and helped me with. Yeah. <laughs> you're just laughing you know what I'm talking about um so yeah we, we just started working with them it's been yeah. like two weeks maybe and it's been great so far today I got my first like concrete offer to work with a brand for a sponsored video and literally the rate is twice what I've been able to get myself in the past 
Yeah. Also, the, I feel like brands just the fact that the person who reaches out to them is not you, but an agency yeah. talking on your behalf. It's stupid, but it looks a lot more serious, and you're just willing to negotiate in a different way, which shouldn't. They be like know that, that the agency is. knows what the normal rates are. I was talking to my agency about a, a specific brand that I had some very frustrating communications with, and when I mentioned the name to the agency, they were like, "Oh yeah, they always." they always pay really low and I was like see they knew that ahead of time and I could have saved all that time that I spent planning content with them that ultimately yeah. fell through yeah because that was a that was a situation where Beatrice literally <laughs> planned a whole content calendar for months send them everything and then in the end it was just I know not we'll have it. to figure out how so. to like repurpose that stuff that we worked on because that was a lot so yeah, that yeah. that's what goes on behind the scenes of running a YouTube channel. It's, it's it's messy. Sometimes it gets messy, basically. And you just get thrown into a business without any book, without any guides, really. You just have to figure out, and that's why you can't be shy, and you have to approach like other people from the same area as you, because there's literally no other way of finding out everything. Yeah, it's it's crazy because mostly when people start. It starts as sort of a hobby. I mean, maybe you start it with the intention of uh, turning it into a business, but in the beginning, it's just not. Like, no one's really watching. You're not making anything from it, and it's just, you're just making videos, and that's it. And then slowly, things start to transform, or sometimes very suddenly for some people, and you just have to, like, learn very quickly, and you're just thrown into the ring, basically. But... I'm not complaining, honestly. Yeah, no. <laughs> I love doing this stuff. There's there's parts of it that are difficult, but ultimately it's like the best job that I could imagine. Um, so on that cheesy note, moving on to the next <laughs> section, which is our workflow together. So I think people might guess that since I love talking about like routines and habits and stuff on my YouTube channel, that we have a pretty good systemized way of working together yeah, it works really well yes um okay so the main thing that we do is we have weekly meetings so on fridays um we have like an hour long meeting or less i would say and we have a template in notion and it includes uh similar to what i do in my personal life when i'm journaling we go over mm -hmm. what went well this week and what didn't go well. And then we talk about anything, any topics that came up throughout the week that we need to discuss and just what's coming up in the next week. Uh, do you have anything else to say on the weekly meetings? Um, yeah, I think the weekly meetings are very important just so that you keep on track and you know what, where are we going, what are the goals, what is going well, what isn't going as well, so that we know how we can improve and how we can keep accountable on all of the things we're working for. Yeah, so that happens every week, but then at the end of the month, we do a slightly uh, more detailed, in-depth meeting, like a monthly review. Let me just open up this template that we have to see mm -hmm. what we talk about. It also surrounds a lot of around uh, analytics. We do the big overview of basically all the analytics from all the different platforms to see mm -hmm. how things are performing every month yes so analytics are super important we look at what videos perform the the best um what what keywords are people searching that brought them to the bliss bean what other videos is the audience watching which of our videos are being put in the suggested and the browse sections of youtube 
And there's also a section in YouTube Studio that's super interesting where it shows you um, like which of your video intros were the most effective. So which which video intros had the most people sticking around to continue watching the video rather than just clicking off. And then also segments of the videos where people tended to continuously watch without leaving. For someone who's not familiar with analytics on YouTube, this might sound like we're literally <laughs> putting people as lab rats and analyzing everything. Yeah, we, we treat the audience as lab rats and we know all your percentages and behavior statistics. It's very interesting because like one thing you noticed at our last monthly review is that people tend to stick around during segments where I'm telling a personal story. And that was surprising to me because yeah. I thought that I thought those stories were boring. So I was worried that people are leaving during those segments. But I think I think you mentioned the the time I told the story of like losing my AirPods yeah. in a video. Because those are real life stories that just make everything that you're talking about so much more relatable. Mm -hmm. It makes sense for me yeah. as a viewer. And when I talk about my brother or just my family in general, I think people like that. He will love my brother for some reason. He should start his own YouTube channel. <laughs> um, so yeah, we just come up with ideas for the next month and look over what's happening on the content calendar. And then... On a daily basis, exactly. we communicate through iMessage. So we just text each other and just throughout the day, if Maya has any questions or I have anything to tell her, we just text. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll do a, like a little recap of like a bunch of bullet points of things that you've been working on. But it's pretty, the, the text messaging isn't yeah. very structured. It's just whenever we need to communicate something. One thing that I've been thinking about and we've literally only been working together for two months. So there's a lot to work on and improve, but I was recently listening to a podcast, uh, Ali Abdal's podcast, which is called Not Overthinking, which I listen to literally every morning. <laughs> uh, and he was talking about how he was reading a book about leadership because he, at the time, was also growing his team. And in that book, it talked about how the people that work for you should have their own like quarterly goals, for example, rather than just working on a day-to-day -day basis like every day they sign mm -hmm. onto the computer and you tell them here's what you have to do today and that but they need to have like some autonomy yeah. and a bigger goal to work towards independently and so i feel like that's an area that we could improve because yeah. I, mean, I feel like you do have a lot of autonomy in that i don't tell you like upload the podcast today edit edit the podcast today or edit the newsletter like, you just have that weekly structure and things happen automatically. Yeah, I was actually listening to a podcast um, last night where I was decluttering my room that you suggested Deneen's and Dean's podcast. And she was saying how when people have to tell you to do a task, you're not losing the time to do the task, but it takes, like, mental mm, space. Yeah. The fact that you, you know you have to tell the person to do something. So that just reminded me of that. And I think it's, yeah, we, we should do the quarterly goals thing because it's important not only to look at the short-term goals, but the bigger picture. Just to know, like, in the end of the day, like, what's important maybe isn't the video we're posting, but a bigger goal yeah. bes besides that and where we want to communicate. Yeah, in the moment, it can feel like the most urgent thing. And it is the most urgent, but maybe it's not the most important, but, like, to finish yeah. editing a video that the sponsor needs to approve for example like that feels so urgent and it feels like that takes up all of our time mm. but the the big picture brainstorming stuff is really important because that's how 
big things happen, like courses or, yeah. I don't know, like we've been talking about that. One day I would love to do some sort of a workbook and that's the kind of thing that you need to start yeah. months and months in advance even though there yeah. are other things competing for your attention. So I think the last thing we wanted to do was just talk a little bit about the Notion setup that we have. <laughs> So, yes. I've turned Beatrice into a nurse. Exactly. I've been converted. It's my fault. <laughs> so, yeah, I've talked about how I don't like using Notion for personal purposes, but it has been fantastic for work because there's just so many details that we need, so much complicated stuff to manage, and you also need to be able to share it with another person, and Notion just fit the bill for all of that. So I think eventually... I would love to do a video where I do a tour of this, but for the time being, I thought we could just talk about a couple of the pages. So for example, um, the databases in Notion serve really well for content creation purposes because um, I used to use Trello for managing my content calendar. And so each card was a different piece of content, like a newsletter, a podcast, a video. Uh, I basically have a very similar setup in Notion the difference is that I can customize it more and have more custom views. So I have one mm -hmm. big content calendar database that contains everything. And then I have it split into different pages with filters so that if I click on YouTube, I only see the YouTube videos coming up and I see the column that like tells me the status of the video, uh, who's the sponsor, who's editing that video. Um, if I go on the yeah. podcast page, it tells me what date is the podcast going up? Who's the guest for the podcast? Like on each page, I see the relevant information for that category of content. Um, and I also really like that I can either see it on a calendar format or on the list because both are very useful. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Notion is very good in that sense because I feel like different people prefer different ways to view their information and to organize it. And here you can literally see the same exact information in different ways, like in a Kanban board or in a table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to make a video about this because I like talking about it here, but mm -hmm. I feel like seeing the visual will just be a game changer. Um, so we have a page for time tracking, and that's where Maya writes down how much time she spent working each day and then just like a quick description mm -hmm. of the tasks she did. We have an analytics page, and that's where we track um, how everything is doing. So YouTube analytics, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, etc. Um, templates are super helpful. We use a lot of templates. So anytime I make a new piece of content, I have a template for YouTube videos, a template for podcasts, and a template for newsletters. Um, and so each template has different checklists mm -hmm. and like headers. So for example, the YouTube template has checklists for um, what Maya does for research, what I have to do for filming, um, what the editor has to do for yeah. editing, etc. Um, and then it'll have a place to write like ideas for the thumbnail, ideas for how you edit the video, the tags that should be used, uh, what should be mentioned in the description. Like it's specific to what needs to be done for a YouTube video. And when you're looking at it, um, you can also see the status where you can put if you're in the start of the video or if you're filming already. And that's a good way for me to know, for example, if we're uploading a video this week, if Beatrice has already filmed it, if she's already editing or if I should be editing. 
all of those things mm-hmm. are just super helpful and make the workflow a lot faster. Yeah, so this will be easier to show when I do the video, but a tip that I have, I think this has been helpful for us, is we have the status column, but instead of having it in past tense, like this video is shot or this video is written or planned, it tells you what's the next thing that needs to happen. So it'll say like edit and that means someone has to edit it or film and that means I need to film it and the script is written. And then also um, I have two different colors for those tags. If it's green, that means I need to do something. If it's pink, it's Maya's turn to work on the next step basically. So that's a really nice way to just look at this big, big list of videos and see exactly what um, needs to happen next. Yeah, and then we have other pages like the knowledge base, which is one I already talked about. And then we have a brain dump for random ideas and brainstorming. We have the toolkit. We just have a page for every important, for every platform, for every little bit that the bliss bean includes. Yes. If you are interested in seeing a YouTube Notion tour, please let me know because that'll that'll push me to get it get it going and film that faster because yeah. <laughs> i've been thinking about it for so long but i think i think i didn't want to do it earlier because this is quite different from the layout that we started with and we needed some time to like adjust it and now i feel really good about yeah. it so i feel like i'm ready to yeah. actually share it so i guess we've pretty much covered everything um maya what what would you say has been or some of the most surprising <laughs> things about working with me like something that wasn't the way that you thought it would be or something you learned or something mm. something um, that's a weird or fun fact about me <laughs> that you were like oh Patricia is not at all what I thought she would be like <laughs> oh I don't know hmm I don't know I just feel like the reason why I started to watch your channel was because like in my real life I didn't really relate so much to you know, people who really are passionate about self-development. So obviously watching your videos, I already knew what to expect. And I feel like you really filled, uh, in a, not in a bad way, but in a really good way, like what I was expecting. I don't know, I just feel like seeing the real side is always super interesting. I feel like in the self-development and in YouTube in general, um, people have started to be a lot more real on camera and on social media, but there's always still other bits and pieces of people's lives that we don't know and just seeing that I don't know I'm also I I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist but I also want I always want to be super productive in doing things and something you've really taught me was that resting can also be productive and I really need to put that in my head because looking up to you like as a viewer just seeing that you know you also value that made me think okay maybe i should also value that because in the self-development niche people are always talking about being more productive and how you can do more with your time and i feel like i'm getting into a point in my life where i even have to do the opposite not doing less but doing having a better balance and that's something that i really have been learning with you (laughs) i don't know it's just it's been super fun it's been I feel like we work really well together because we're very, both we're very organized in a good way and we don't lose track of things. It's just, it's heaven. I'm so happy and so grateful um, to be working with you. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. It has been fantastic. I think just working with someone who is similar to you is amazing. Um, Like, I'm just 
two-ish years older than you, but I feel like we've had similar life paths in that, you know, we, we both did freelancing and we both um, ha- had YouTube channels and kind of had similar high school journeys. And I'm starting my gap year today. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, we're the same person. And so that's really nice to just kind of have an understanding of where the other person is is at on their journey, I guess. But just, yeah, like the day-to-day thing of being organized and communicative, that is amazing. Yeah, because that also builds trust. When you're working with someone who doesn't respond, that's also like, it takes a little bit of the trust, even though it's not the goal of the person. Yeah. When I worked on group stuff in high school, that was the frustrating thing, was that other people sometimes were not as on top of things uh, as as I was or wanted them to be. Yeah. It's, it's hard working with people, but when you find good people to work with, there's nothing better than that. And that's something the pandemic has really taught me. Yeah. It's not that human interaction isn't good. It's literally the best thing you can have. A phrase that I really guide myself with is something my dad told me, which is, uh, human's purpose in life is to connect with other humans Aww. and since he told me that I was really mind blown because I like you you are so right there's nothing better than just having a conversation with someone and just leaving their room and feeling fulfilled so it's not about group projects or working with people um, being bad or less productive it's just a question of communication and finding people that are similar to you yeah so we like don't have any of the negative parts of working with the group but we have all the positives and like even though we're both focused and productive we also have fun i think except when i forget how to capitalize (laughs) gosh dang it (laughs) um like sometimes we talk about personal topics or we just joke around about random things like the tiktok that you sent me today or it mm-hmm. was so funny when you were you were filling out the English subtitles for the YouTube video where I was talking about BTS, and YouTube did not understand any of the names that I was saying, and she was texting me so confused, like... I was so afraid of getting you cancelled because not knowing how to, like, spell BTS the names, because I knew zero about K-pop. I know, I posted on my stories if any of you saw it, but she was texting me, like... Y- the YouTube says it's uni. Who, who is uni? And I was like, oh, that's Yoongi. <laughs> and it just... Because I was like, I googled uh, names, BTS member names. And there were some translations that had nothing to do with the names that were written there. So I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't rely on YouTube, especially when it comes to like saying anything <laughs> in a different language. But I agree with what you were saying. It's important... We have a good um, environment because you can never forget that, you know, it's work, it's business. Um, so I feel like we have a really good way of just balancing it out and being quirky and having a good time, but just being working like it's it's yes. work. I thought that is a perfect note to end it on. I think that summarizes it well. Yay. Find someone <laughs> who you can have a fun time working with, basically. So I yeah. hope this was helpful to anyone who is... I don't know, any sort of business owner who is thinking about outsourcing, hiring. I think it's also helpful to any YouTube creator, even if you're still just a one-person team. Um, I think it's important, even when you're doing things on your own, to start setting things up in a way that someone else will be able to learn and to take over some of your tasks. Because I was Mm -hmm. super organized with my file organization, all of my processes. Yeah, the B-roll library. Yes. (laughs) All of my processes were very streamlined. And so 
it still took some effort to like write out those instructional guides that I made for Maya or to transfer files over to her Mm -hmm. but it was so much easier than if everything had just been a mess um so please get organized from the beginning that's the one piece of advice Mm -hmm. I have for you so that is it thank you so much for listening um hope you all have a great week Oh, this was such a fun episode to record. I feel like we covered a lot of helpful tips for content creators or anyone else really, uh, especially if you're a business owner, because these are some very important things to think about as you're growing your business. So three overall takeaways that I think you can get from this episode. First of all, when you are starting your business or your YouTube channel or whatever it is, even though it's most likely gonna be a one person show in the beginning, try to stay organized and establish systems as if you were a company of many people. So for me, that meant number one, organizing all of my files in a really consistent way. And second, having systems for how I, for example, edit stuff, upload things. For example, for the YouTube description, there's always a set template for how that's done. Um, And so not only will this help you uh, working alone work faster and more productively, once you're working with someone else, it'll be so much easier to just share these systems and these processes with that person, share all the files with them, and then it'll there'll be way less friction to you two working together. Second, overall, don't be afraid to outsource. It can definitely be scary when you're a business owner because your business is basically your baby and it's hard to hand over any of that responsibility especially if you are someone who really likes working independently however as i try to explain in this episode there's huge upsides to outsourcing and growing your team it first of all is just fun to work with other people Uh, Second, it is necessary in order to grow your business because you have a limited amount of time and energy and you you just sort of hit a certain wall at a certain point basically where you just can't do more because you've run out of time in the day. And even if you do have time, your skills are probably best utilized on the big picture creative parts of your business rather than the little annoying administrative tasks and so you can really free up your creative energy to do the work that is going to be most valuable in pushing your business forward. Finally, the third takeaway I think is to just enjoy working with other people. So I really like the quote that Maya brought up that she heard from her dad. Uh, I forget the exact words but something about human beings connecting with other people. And I just think that's so important to keep in mind. I love the way that Maya and I work together in that it is very professional, but we also, I don't know, I would consider Maya a friend, you know? Like we talk about random things and we have a good laugh when um, something funny happens or something goes wrong. Um, And that just, it just helps to keep the day, your work day feeling a lot more enjoyable and light and fun. And I think that goes a long way into making your work feel more satisfying and fulfilling overall. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at TheBlissBean and TheBlissBean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's TheBlissBean.com slash podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at TheBlissBean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.